LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Katie Lorenz of Campo Alpaca. They are a for-profit company dedicated to benefiting people and communities touched throughout their entire supply chain. They identify high potential markets in the U.S., and they work directly with talented craftspersons in Peru to elevate and hone their designs, ensure quality, and get their product to the U.S. for sale. This growth helps stimulate the economy and create jobs. They believe in the ability and responsibility of companies to do good, taking on social causes to benefit the world. This is where Campo comes from. Campo is cambio positivo, combined, which means positive change in Spanish. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this awesome story with Katie Lorenz of Campo Alpaca. So today, right. we're, today we're sitting down with uh, Katie Lorenz of Campo Alpaca. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh man, it's fantastic. We're here to uh, chat with you about Campo Alpaca. So tell us all about Campo Alpaca and what you kind of do with that company. Yeah, so Campbell Baca is a social impact company, which um, is my nicer or more expensive way of saying a social entrepreneurship company. Um, we're a for-profit company, but we place a whole lot of benefit on, or a whole lot of focus on um, the social impact that we provide to the communities that we work in. So some people have also considered it being a triple bottom line. Mm -hmm. We're a new startup. We just got started this year, and what we do is we work with small businesses and individuals in Peru, and we make amazing alpaca apparel to sell in the United States. So basically, we identify what the niche markets are in the U.S., and then we help them with the designs, and then we sell in the U.S., and then help them make a whole lot more money than they would previously, which would be selling their products locally in Peru. Cool. So how did you kind of get connected with people in Peru? Did you spend some time there? Was it kind of something you just kind of thought up? What was kind of the jump from idea to kind of putting this all together? Um, yeah, many years actually. So the original idea actually came in 2014. I was switching consulting firms from Accenture to Kurt Solman and I wanted to go on a trip for about two months and I chose Peru to travel around in. And while I was there, um, as Per my travel of style, I kind of like to pretend like I live in the place. Mm -hmm. So I go around and meet people and hang out with locals. And in this case, I met a whole bunch of knitters and weavers, which kind of showed me what their lifestyle was and what they're able to do. And they're crazy talented. Um, and then, of course, all of the alpaca clothing in Peru, which I had no idea about until I went there. And then fast forward two years later, I was reading through some old journals and I remembered this experience that I had with this awesome woman, Elena, that like took me around all of the markets and showed me the difference between all of the alpaca clothing, uh, the knitting, where it comes from, and then of course the problems that some of the folks have there, which is they'll spend all day knitting something and then 
they're basically forced to sell it on the side of the road to tourists because they don't have another market available mm -hmm. to them. So it can be more of an expensive hobby. Um, but what I wrote down in my journal was I was looking for something in the market that I could wear to Badger Games. Me being a crazy Wisconsin alumni, I was like, I just want something that's red and white that I can wear to Badger Game. And um, <laughs> so that's where the idea came from. Um, <clears throat> of course, the supply chain being Elena and then our first market being Wisconsin. That's really interesting. So you kind of came from a consulting background. How did you decide that it made total sense to leave your day job and go start a company literally across the world. <laughs> You're down in Peru right now and I'm sitting here in a nice little Chicago relaxing in what I call reality. You're down there starting a business and making sure everything is connected. So I'll throw you for another loop actually. I still work at Accenture. Wow, so you're running a company like and work at Accenture and you travel for Accenture too. Wow. <laughs> That's good. Actually, I don't travel for Accenture anymore. I left um, consulting. So I am not, the last five or six years I was doing client consulting. So it's the standard Monday through Thursday, be with the client every day, implement something, etc. There's a lot of other roles available at Accenture. So I do business development. Oh, cool. So I work with the partners to help them sell the work but I don't actually implement it, at least for right now. Mm -hmm. So I rendered this role, which is awesome, and I can literally work from anywhere. That's super um, nice. <laughs> which makes me being down here possible. Cool, so what's um, kind of the next step? So you guys have a live Kickstarter campaign right now. Walk us through kind of how that's playing out. Yeah, so we do. We passed our goal of 7,500 and like three days which was great um people told me to make the goal like low just in case because you don't really know what's going to happen so we did that my real goal is actually in the realm of like 40 50k so we have a ways to go um but we have a pretty solid plan moving forward so we have a few people involved like famous wisconsin badgers who we can get testimonials from in the next like week and a half and then I've also brought on Funded Today, so they'll be working with us pending the next couple of weeks. Cool. And so what are you guys going to kind of do with the money once you kind of get uh, 40 or 50K? Just uh, use it to throw a big uh, party, like a launch party, like <laughs> rent out some club here in Chicago? <laughs> You'll be invited. Oh, perfect. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, that'd be really cool, but... Um, we're actually going to invest 100% of the profits from the Kickstarter. So, of course, we need to fulfill our orders. We have our costs set aside for that. But 100% of the profits from the Kickstarter will be invested in the company. So, the first thing we have to do is expand our factory space in Lima. We're working with this great small company called Milmachas, um, who has a base next to the Lima airport. So, that's kind of our main center of operations. Um <clears throat> And then beyond that, of course, there is buying yarn ahead of time. And then I like to take on a few full-time employees down in Peru to get things off the ground. Cool. So walk us through kind of some of the uh, options we have on the Kickstarter. What can kind of people buy? How can they support? What makes the most sense for them? 
Yeah. So if you check out the Kickstarter page, the first thing you'll see is Wisconsin, which of course is our main market. Um, of the Wisconsin products, the biggest one, or at least the most popular one, seems to be these sweaters. And we have both hoodie as well as crew neck sweaters in a light gray as well as a salt and pepper color. They're super duper soft. Um, if anyone has ever felt alpaca before, it's amazingly soft fabric, but it's also really lightweight. Coming from someone like me who doesn't like to be too warm or too cold, alpaca actually does keep your body temperature. It's considered to be thermoregulating. So it's great, great, great material. And we researched a ton of different blends and we landed on this one, which is a um, combination of super fine alpaca, acrylic, and wool to give it a little bit more durability. The other option though that I wanna highlight is we're not just doing Wisconsin. So I love Wisconsin and the Badgers, but if people for whatever reason are not repping Wisconsin, we do have a light gray and a salt and pepper gray hoodie and crew neck available. And that will not be Wisconsin branded, but you'll still get the same amazing alpaca sweater um, that's crazy lightweight, but really warm as well. So that's what I've been recommending to people. Um, anyone I know that has something that's alpaca, it's their favorite thing. So that's my goal is to bring alpaca to the United States in a bigger way. Awesome. And so post Kickstarter campaign, kind of when you guys are 100% live, what's going to be kind of the platform for people to purchase this? Will they be able to pick it up in stores? Will it be uh, e-commerce? What's kind of the plan with that? So we're going to be multi-channel. Um, we've already partnered with the UW Bookstore and the Alumni Store for the Wisconsin products. So they're definitely interested and we'll be able to purchase that come next school year um, through their channels. But we're also going to be online through our own website. And so what's your plan from a scalability perspective? So you mentioned maybe kind of other schools or whatnot. What, what's kind of the, the general perception in that regard to you have kind of a plan in place for a five-year plan or is it kind of uh, see how it goes with Wisconsin gear and go from there? What, what's kind of on your mind for that regard? Yeah, definitely five-year plan. Um, I was surprised at the amount of capacity that we could come up with on a short amount of time. So depending on how well Wisconsin goes, we may be expanding a lot sooner than I expected, which is great. Um, we actually had some folks from U of I reach out that are wondering when we're doing their clothing next and not like alumni that went to U of I, because if I did it based on that, I'd be like, U of I, OSU, yeah. all of them basically, but actually administration from U of I, so that's kind of great. Um, <clears throat> the other direction that I want to go in as well, I'm kind of treating this all like an experiment. So we test, we see what works, and then we move in that direction. So in addition to expanding to other colleges, we are designing a women's wear line, a high-end women's wear line in more natural alpaca colors. Um, that will be obviously not collegiate, but just more so everyday, versatile alpaca wear. Cool. And so do you participate in kind of the design parts of the clothing, or do you have people on your team that do that? What's kind of, I guess, more or less your involvement in all of this? Are you the one running the operations? How does it all play out? Because it seems like a lot to take on for someone who also has a full-time job. Yeah, right? Tell me about it. <laughs> um, so the Wisconsin gear... 
The Wisconsin gear is all my designs and designs I'll put in quotation marks. It's basically me with PowerPoint, Mm -hmm. but I've been a consultant for five years. So I'm pretty good with PowerPoint. Um, The women's wear design, which is going to be a lot more fashion or high fashion focused. I'm actually working with a alumni from the university who studied at our fashion program in Sohi. And so she's putting together some of our more interesting designs and she has an awesome background. She's worked in high end fashion at Eileen Fisher as well as Land's End and a couple of others. Um, <clears throat> so she's actually perfect person for the job. So she's putting together a lot of those higher end women's wear lines. So what was it like for you getting started? You, you, you originally, sorry. Um, was it something that you kind of funded yourself? Did you kind of go out and ask for investment? Is the Kickstarter kind of first round of investment that's not your own? What was it kind of like getting up to this point? Um, the Kickstarter is the first round of investment that's not my own. So I've been self-funded up to this point. And then the Kickstarter is kind of to really get us off the ground with an initial chunk of money, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, I hope that I can take this to other groups and use this as a proof of concept and say, hey, this stuff works. It's obviously a missing spot as far as market in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, And hopefully use that to get some additional investment as well. So the Kickstarter for me was kind of threefold. It's like, one, let's know exactly how much inventory we need for our first set of orders. Two, proof of concept. And three, get some funding. And what's kind of your end goal? Is this something you're going to be running full-time at some point? Is it something you're just kind of kind of work in addition to your day job? Um, how do you kind of foresee this? Obviously, because you're splitting time between two countries at this point. <laughs> what, what, what's kind of your personal uh, long-term vision for this? Yeah, um, my long-term vision would be that Compo gets off the ground and I go do this full-time. I am learning so, so, so much. I'm kind of treating this like my master's degree Mm -hmm. in some ways. Um, It's just all one big learning experience, which is great. But I love to do this full-time. Not that I don't love Accenture, I really do. But at least for right now, this is the best way that I can grow and develop myself as a business person. And the work that we're doing down in is so great. Um, I think you asked, like, why we do this previously. And it's partially to learn and start a company and make something cool. But I feel the real reason of it when I go back down to Peru and I'm explaining to these ladies, like what we're going to be working on and like how many orders we're going to have. And they're just so excited. And I don't know, we're doing this together and it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think kind of having a product based business is a little more difficult than people have like an app idea or like a service based business but it's so cool to see how passionate you are and how passionate like the people who are making the product are, right? It's, I think a lot of other products out there that I've you know talked to people about like in person or whatnot, like, oh, I'm gonna do this because it's gonna make me money. This seems more driven by like the passion for you and the money just kind of comes with it because it is a business. Is that kind of fair to say? That's entirely accurate. I forget which who said it. I'm sure there's probably a lot of quotes, but there was a bunch of them that I've read recently that kind of keep popping up for me. It's like, do whatever you're passionate about and the money will come from there. Mm-hmm. But go find what you're passionate about or what makes you come alive, basically. And this is it for me. Um, it combines like so many of my favorite things. And then 
really, really quickly, I found the people down in Peru that I was meant to be working with. So that was kind of a good indicator as well. What were some of the characteristics of uh, a good partner or people you found to work with? I've, you know, I feel a lot of people in business always say, make sure you work with the right kind of people. But then I've had personal issues with people I've worked with in the past or other people too. It's like, oh, they're, they're my best friend or they said they're going to do X, Y, Z. And, you know, we're at the bar on Friday night. They said they want to do this business. And then like Saturday rolls around. They don't know what they're talking about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what were kind of like your kind of, you know, light bulb <laughs> moments where you realize like, these people are going to be genuine, I can trust them, especially when I'm like halfway across the world, not with them physically, like how did you kind of sense that in their personalities and the way they conducted themselves? Yeah, definitely. Um, It honestly took a bit of time just to test out how we are going to work together, are we responsive, Um, do we have like the same level when it comes to quality and what it means to do good solid work. So that was a big thing. Um, I went through probably about four or five people before I found Milagros, mm-hmm. and she runs Mil Machas, which is the small company that I told you about in Lima. And um, she's just she has a great business mind. She has really really high standards, and she runs a tight ship. And on top of that, you, I have a really good sense for people. Um, just as far as what their intentions are. And she's just a really, really good person. So that's that's important to me as well, especially considering we're like a sustainable company. Mm-hmm. Um, a huge indicator is how her workshop runs. It's literally family who is like the main core group and then they hire on additional people, but they eat dinner together. And mm-hmm. if they got stuff done, then they band together and um, she just treats them like they're part of her family. So that was a huge indicator for me. What's it like kind of figuring out the, uh, the supply chain logistics of it? I kind of understand, like, if I buy something at Kickstarter, it shows up at my door, right? But then it's coming from Peru. How did you kind of figure that out, like, stuff with international shipping, et cetera? Do you guys have a warehouse here in Wisconsin? What What is, or, or even Illinois, like, how is that kind of working out for you in that regard? Oh, yeah. Well, we figured it out by trial and error. So, of course, we wanted to keep shipping costs as low as possible. But if low as possible, the lowest option for shipping in Peru is a toss-up if it's going to get here, mm-hmm. <laughs> as we discovered. We tried a bunch of different companies, luckily just with swatches, not actual product. Mm-hmm. And then found the one that we wanted to work with and then made some more friends at that company. So at least if something isn't going according to plan, we have a person to call, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as when things get into the United States, basically they come out of Lima, pass through customs. And then we're having everything sent to our tiny warehouse in the burbs of Chicago because then we can just – not everything is going to Wisconsin. Most things are. And then we'll be able to ship out from there via FedEx or USPS, depending on who decides to give us the better deal. We're currently in negotiations right now. <laughs> it, it makes such a huge difference. I think I heard some stat that like uh, FedEx or USPS or UPS or whatever, for some bigger clients of theirs, they actually give it to them for less than cost just because they want like the actual revenue and they want it like that. So negotiations, I'm sure, are a ton of fun. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, we're considered to be tiny, but I had a friend that 
works at U, um, UPS. And he was like, literally just go back and forth between a couple of the branches in Chicago and negotiate between them and just be like, well, this person said they'd do this. Mm-hmm. And this person said they'd do that. <laughs> and, um, He's like, then you'll probably bring them down to like a reasonable price. But because you're small for right now, they're going to try and charge you more. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing I don't understand about business is like so many. I, I've never been a haggler or anything. Like if I went down to like Mexico for an vacation, I would never like be successful at haggling for some stuff they're selling to me as a tourist or just in general negotiations, like uh, salary negotiations or other things. It's like. I'm just, you know, a straight shooter, just like, here's what I think XYZ is worth, like, do you agree, yes or no? And most people are like, oh, like, I marked it up, like, 300% because I could. That's like, well, okay, like, this kind of show is about it, but I don't know. I think at the end of the day, you have to be a, a sharp business person to, to be successful, so it's, it's cool they're getting that experience, you know, right off the bat with some good guidance on how to do the negotiations. Yeah, definitely. And now I get to do it in English and in Spanish. <laughs> Definitely a learning experience. <laughs> For sure. So what is kind of like the, one of the biggest challenges you've faced kind of being a, a business owner? Um, honestly, it wasn't what I expected was going to be the biggest challenge. The biggest challenges for me have been the administrative stuff. Mm-hmm. Like getting registered as a company, setting up a business credit card, a business bank account. And it's all, all these things that are like listed out so clearly and they're cut and dry that have been the biggest pain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so weird. It, it totally wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting we were going to have stuff stuck in customs or stolen along the way. But no, it's, for example, right now my business account is temporarily suspended because I did a wire transfer. I was in Peru to a company in the United States. And even though I've told them I'm in Peru and I'm consistently in Peru, they've decided that it's obviously not me. (laughs) (laughs) So crazy stuff like that. And nothing I say or answer any of their questions will convince them of that. So I get to go back to the United States in two days and um, walk into a Chase account and I don't know, give them a DNA sample or something. (laughs) It's Uh, it's so weird. It was like, I thought it was going to be like the more nebulous problems, but it's like the systemic administrative things that are the larger pain in the butt. At least from my experience. It's all the things you learned in school that you aced on the test, like, oh, I got this. And then comes the real world, like, all right, let's put this on the back burner, and then those are the real problems. Exactly. Yes. I couldn't have said that better. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that all the time. Like, oh, I love at, it. At my day job, I actually have like a, a TI-89 calculator on my desk. And I remember in high school, people no, you don't. will never, you know, like, yeah, I do. Like, why? I'm like, I have like some like stuff I need to figure out that like percentages, like all these things I kind of need like 10 things. Like I can't just do it on my cell phone anymore. I need all these different numbers in play. <laughs> oh, and there's games on it too, awesome. so... <laughs> Block dude. Block yes. dude's on that one. Oh, those, those are the days. But cool. So uh, what is the best way for people to support Campo Alpaca? So right now, it is going on our Kickstarter and backing us for some level. So we have a bunch of 
levels, some of them. Um, I believe the highest level is if you want to come with us to Peru. We will actually put together a personalized trip for you to come with us to Peru, see our operations, go to some of our alpaca farms, and have the full experience. Um, some of the other options include sweaters, blankets, scarves, um, or even just a simple keychain, which is made actually by hand by some really awesome ladies that live up in the mountains in Asongate, which is a giant mountain range, about 6,000 meters high. And they live up there, and they raise alpacas, and they make stuff out of alpaca fiber. And they're the nicest people I think I've ever met in my entire life. Cool. Perfect. Uh, is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with before we sign off here? Um, I guess stay tuned on social media. We have a bunch of stuff coming down the pipeline, a few very exciting sponsors. For example, we are sending a giant double extra large alpaca sweater to JJ Watt as at his request. Awesome. <laughs> so hopefully you'll be able to see him in some of our alpaca gear soon and we'll have a testimonial from that guy. Pretty famous guy. I also know he gives back a lot to you. I think he tried to raise like a million dollars for a uh, hurricane down there in Houston, which is pretty crazy. But if you're wearing the same stuff as he is, you're a cool kid. Tried to raise a million and he ended up raising like four million. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'm like, pretty great. Yeah. No, I was really excited. Um, another Badger friend does video work for him and so told. JJ about compo and then JJ's like yeah send me a sweater so the ladies down here are working on a giant sweater for JJ I showed them his picture and their response was you can just send him down next time you don't you don't have to come you can just send JJ and I'm like <laughs> thanks I appreciate it <laughs> awesome well, oh I'm gonna go on Kickstarter right now and pick up one of these packages this looks absolutely incredible Katie I really appreciate the conversation Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. As Katie mentioned on this episode, they are running a Kickstarter campaign right now to help support their cause. So what we're going to do is you're going to sit back, relax, and listen as I go through and pledge my support for one of these things. So what I'm going to do is go to the page right here in the notes on either the website or in the show notes. Click on the link that says Kickstarter campaign. This will take you to their Kickstarter campaign for Campo Alpaca. On all this page here, you have quite a few different pledge amounts, ranging anywhere from $5 to a couple thousand dollars. Each thing's a little bit different. Got hoodies, scarves, hats, all types of things. Mix and match, sweaters. And you even, even want to upgrade a little bit, they'll even take you on some trips along the way down to Peru and check everything out. So I'm gonna go in here, log into my uh, Kickstarter campaign. I've already pledged a couple times on other things. Great. So now I'm logged in. I'm gonna go ahead and choose the large gray hoodie, size large because whew, I'm a large guy. Just <laughs> quick right there, click manage. Then my credit card's already in the system from previous pledges. Go ahead and put the $5 shipping in. Click right here. Make sure this is the correct one. Hit continue. Boom. Confirmed, just pledged. I am now a part of this awesome campaign that's going off. I'm a badger for life, absolutely love it. 
even if you want a badger and you want to go ahead and support and give it to your badger friends or just rep the red and white, definitely do it. As she mentioned, she'll be expanding to other schools and industries, but getting in on the ground floor is totally worth it, especially when you can support all the people down in Peru. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Kay Lorenz of Campo Alpaca. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. Thank you.